Hello, and welcome back to Friday Nights at Blockbuster, the podcast that explores memorable movies of the 2000s. I'm Kate Valley. And I'm Kieran Valley. And this is our second episode of our mini-series, all exploring the best picture winners. But before we get into that, Kieran, how was this week? What'd you watch? Uh, well, so we're recording this kind of well in advance. Yes. Um, we wanted to, we both have sort of trips coming up, and so we, we wanted to bank some episodes. This week's been a pretty interesting week. Outside of the movies that I had to watch for the podcast, um, I did kind of a double feature of Infinity Pool and Knock at the Cabin. And uh, yeah, interesting results both both ways. In- Infinity Pool, I think Brandon Cronenberg is quickly becoming one of my favorite directors. Like he's just as messed up as his dad, but kind of has his own ideas on, on you know, what, what kind of subjects does he want to tackle. And I, I feel like he's getting better. Like every movie I've watched, I, I sort of feel like, oh, this is better than the last one. This is better than the last one. And so that makes me interested and excited for him going forward. And then Knock at the Cabin was, uh, or is the newest M. Night Shyamalan. I think by the time this comes out, we'll probably be out of theaters actually. But um, yeah, it was good. Like it was pretty solid. I, I haven't watched an M. Night Shyamalan movie in a few years and, so this one was coming out and I had the day off of work. And so I was like, you know what? Let's go. Who cares? Like, let's just go for a matinee here. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I really liked it. Yes. This was when we were recorded this, this Kieran went the day that it was like minus 15 out or something. So it was worth getting out of your house going into the minus 15 weather. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it was worth that. But like, you know, thankfully I, I live like 10 minutes away from the where the movie theater is. So like, it wasn't that big a deal. Like you just go in there and then you're in there for two hours or whatever. But yeah, there were, there were definitely moments on the walk to and from the movie theater where I was like, well, this is a bad idea. Like, <laughs> but then by then you're, you're, you've come too far. Like you've committed yourself. You're already halfway there. You might as well keep going. So yeah, I like when I got home, I was like, All right, I'm not leaving again. Today. So yeah, but, uh, but no, I, I enjoyed both. I, I like both. I did have to tell, um, in knock at the cabin there was like eight people in the theater and of course the two people closest to me were talking like oh the whole, i hate those and so people it was like guys there's like eight people in here it's a matinee on a friday like can we all not just agree to be quiet and so i i did very not politely sort of told them to shut up uh, and like they did um but yeah i was sort of just like what the hell like you you there's certain screenings there's certain times where you're sort of like you kind of only come to this screening to get away from the crowd of people. So like, how are we not all on the same page in terms of let's be quiet? Yeah. And like, if I'm not one of those people, but if you're going to talk, be in a bigger crowd, like have a full movie theater. Cause then you can kind of hide yeah, your conversation yeah. with eight people. Like yeah, you yeah. can't hide. No, like <laughs> the, that's the thing is like, I don't know if they thought they were being quiet or whatever, but it's like when there's that few people, I'm going to hear it. And yeah. like, it didn't, like they were literally four seats away from me. So it's like, yeah, you guys like, I'm going to hear it. Like, so yeah, uh, very, very quickly. I was like, oh, I'm going to have a problem with these two. And then I, I, I left it for maybe 20 minutes. And then I was, I was like, guys, you, you got to shut up. Like you got to be quiet. And so then they, then they were, so that was fine. Oh, nice. So yeah, this week I watched Jurassic Park, which when I told Kieran this, he's like, you're strictly on a 2000s yeah. movie diet. Like, you can't you watch anything else. What are you doing? <laughs> but we also then watched a Miyazaki movie, which 
when we finished, we were like, it's kind of a different style. Then learned that it was his son. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were telling me about this. Yes. Yeah, his yeah. son was the one who did it. So it's the same idea. He is clearly influenced by his dad. Like, um, it's, the, it's the same movie studio. So like yeah. they, they have like a guiding principle. Right? But yeah, it is. Yeah. So I'm making my way through movies. Well, that so that one, that was Tales of Earthsea or something like that? Yes. What did you guys think of that one? It was pretty. It was a pretty movie as well. Kind of, as we've said before, he the studio makes nice movies and clearly he's influenced by his dad. I don't think he hit the story as well as the Spirited Away movie kind of hit their, the points that they wanted to make. So... It, it's probably the best way to like fully understand how great Hayao Miyazaki is, is to go and watch other movies made by other directors from that studio and be like, oh, like that's like a seven out of 10. Whereas Miyazaki, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's like all the same resources, all the same people basically working on the same movies, but there's just something missing. And it's like, yeah, it is that magic that he brings to, to all of his movies. But so let's move on to, or this episode's, we're talking best picture winners for second week in a row. This week, we're going back to August 22nd, 2003, the Friday night that you could have rented Chicago. So a very different take, a different type of movie. Completely opposite from Gladiator. (laughs) Completely. So as Kieran kind of, I think, teased last week, when I came up with Gladiator or I suggested it. You then were like, well, let's do the opposite. Let's, let's go let's completely the opposite. Chicago. Yeah. yeah. And when we talked about this movie, Kieran was like, I think you'll love it, Kate. And he's like, I know I won't. So, Kieran, it's your week to give the plot description. Okay. So, for the plot description. Well, <laughs> <laughs> can you be generous and nice about it? Yes, yes, yes. Go- okay. Absolutely. Of course, of course, of course. I can be a professional. So, Roxy Hart is uh, sort of... A little rough around the edges, but she's got like stars in her eyes and she wants to be on stage and she wants to be a performer. Um, it's like, what is, is it? The early 20s or 30s in Chicago? I, I, I would say yeah. early 20s. Early 20s yeah. in Chicago. And so she wants to be up on stage. She wants to do singing and dancing. Uh, but she gets messed around by this guy who says he can help her out. And then he turns out he was lying. So she murders him and she gets sent to prison. And when she's in prison, she sort of quickly figures out how to survive in terms of being like if you if you give the press like she's now kind of a minor celebrity because of the salaciousness of this crime and so if you can give the press whatever and you can be sort of an a-list person in prison then things are a lot easier for you and so she starts to do that and she hooks up with a uh, sort of a big shot lawyer and he's sort of a press chaser as well i don't know he likes to see his name out there and 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 all this sort of stuff and this goes on and on and on and then they have their trial and you know i I don't necessarily need to say which way that goes but it's obviously uh also a musical and so interspliced with all of the uh the interspliced with the narrative is singing and dancing and the singing and dancing is kind of like fantasies and kind of dreams of all the different characters. So like there's Roxy, who's the main character. And then uh, Velma Kelly is another sort of uh, stage actress who murdered her husband and sister. And she's in the prison as well. And then there's um, Queen Latifah's character is like 
the person who she's not in charge of the prison, but she's like in charge of the prisoners in the prison. And, and so they all get it. They all get a chance to sing and dance and it, you know, sort of reveals some character and sometimes it pushes plot forward, but not very often. And yeah, I don't know. Like it is kind of, it's, it's an adaptation of a very, very famous stage play and the movie kind of straddles both worlds. Okay. So let's, we'll kick this off really easy for everybody what did you score it on letterbox okay (laughs) originally okay i had it as a three out of five and so for me i thought that was you know that's probably pretty fair and i was mostly working off of my memories of the movie watching it again uh the score went down it's now sitting there with two two and a half out of five which i think might be a little bit generous yeah i can't say that i truly enjoyed Chicago. In comparison, this was a five out of five for me, everybody. I I love musicals, though. I am such a musical person. I can't get enough of them. On stage, I love going to the theater with my mom, and we tend to kind of pick musicals a lot. Um, and now that, now that other companies are starting to record their stage performances and put them on streaming services... I'm loving it even more. So we now have the likes of Hamilton and come from away on streaming services that I get to watch all the time. Why are you not a musical person? Okay. <laughs> so let's start let's go there. Let's go let's go right there. Yeah. Okay. I think one of the reasons that I'm not a big lover of musicals, and what I will say actually, is that like I am turning a little bit. And so I, I would have said like, you know, before the pandemic that like musicals were just like a a no-go zone for me. Like I kind of didn't really enjoy any of the ones that I had seen. Um, None of them, certainly none of them were like my favorites. I don't really enjoy going to the theater in the same way that you and mom do. But uh, that is sort of changed. I I have found a pocket of musicals. Ones that you like. Ones that I do enjoy. and And I think I can now sort of, articulate what I do and don't enjoy in certain musicals. And so like now when one does come up, I can very quickly be like, Oh yeah, this is going to be one that I can watch along and enjoy. And then like, Oh no, like I should probably skip this because this is not going to work for me. The ones, the, the overarching thing that I don't like about musicals is that I really just don't like the singing and dancing. So like it just immediately takes me out of the movie and the worlds that they've created as soon as they start singing and dancing i'm just sort of like oh so we're just we're just done with like the movie the story the story and all this sort of stuff we're just going to pause for a few minutes while you do this thing over here and it would be one thing if the songs and the dancing was impressive like in some of the musicals that i do really like i just don't think chicago the movie did Did it well yeah so like I can only compare it to ones that I do like and some of those are like all-time classics but like they're also best picture winners so like when I compare this to West Side Story it's like West Side Story fucking crushes this like the original or the both oh, okay both like both are phenomenal and Chicago for me was just like well this is pretty flat like this is this has none of the same energy that those two movies have there's none of the sort of filmmaking skill or choreography skill or any, anything like that. And like, I, I'm, I'm certainly, I know I'm like belittling the efforts of the people who worked on Chicago. I understand that, but 
it's just like there's something for me where it's like West Side Story knocks it out of the park. And for Chicago, it's like, you know, a dribbler down to the first baseline. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just sort of like they're not even in the same league for me. What I found interesting about the movie, and you kind of touched on it on your synopsis, is the idea that the musical numbers aren't embedded into the story like some musicals they are. Um, the one that kind of comes into my head right now is Mamma Mia. When they start to do the singing and dancing, it's a part of the story. The characters just effortlessly go into the song. This one, it's kind of removed. What I had seen online is the songs were actually meant for the audience. They're not meant for the stage. It's kind of the whole idea that they're putting on a show for the audience. But but see, this is like <laughs> this is the thing that I struggle with with the musicals is like in Mamma Mia the music and the songs push the story forward mm -hmm. so without the songs like there are missing parts to it right in this movie you could maybe argue that some of the songs reveal character which is definitely important but some of the songs are just like unnecessary like like they're only there because we need to have a song every five or ten minutes and like in Chicago, it is unrelenting. Like, that, there is a song so often where you're just like, you get out of one and you're right back into another one. And then, like, it's it's unfair to compare it to Mamma Mia because Mamma Mia has the music of ABBA. But, like, the music in Mamma Mia is better. Like, the songs are better. And so, again, when you compare it to Chicago, like, I would say the All That Jazz song is pretty good. Like, that's a great way to start off the yep. movie. I think... For me, that's kind of the peak of the movie. Um, and that's in the first five minutes. Then there's the Cell Block Tango, which like... I'll, like that's, is an incredible song. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's pretty well done. Everything after that, I'm sort of like... I couldn't name you. I literally watched this last night. And I could not name you... You can't name anymore. Any more of the songs. I know that there's a Queen Latifah song. I know that Renee Zellweger gets like two or three songs. I couldn't name you any of them. I could not name you any of them. And like, that's a big problem when it's sort of like, if they, if they come and go that quickly, then the whole point of this is the song and dance and those don't last. They don't stick around. So like, what are we doing here? So as this is our second best picture winner, I took a look at the other nominees from the year. Okay. Okay. So the, this was up against Gangs of New York, The Hours, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, and The Pianist. Yeah. In your opinion, it shouldn't have won. No. Okay. No. Who should have won that year? Well, like, I don't know. I would have given it to The Two Towers, personally. Um, I think The Two Towers is, like, a perfect movie. You obviously think Chicago is a perfect movie. You gave it five out of five. Yeah. Um, yeah. I Like, I understand. Like, because I have a hard time with musicals, I'm certainly rating them, and I'm... I'm definitely coming at it from a way more critical standpoint of like, it needs to impress me way more. Like it needs to really work for me to be like, okay, cool. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, a Martin Scorsese movie or the Lord of the Rings movie is sort of like, I'm going to, I'm going to meet it halfway. I'm going to be open and available for whatever it's offering up. Right. And so I, I get that, but yeah. For, for me, Chicago would not have would, would not, not have been won. there. No, no, um, no. So Catherine Zeta-Jones 
also won an Oscar for her role. She beat out Queen Latifah for also this movie. Julianne Moore, Meryl Streep, and Kathy Bates um, for Best Supporting Actress. Agree? Disagree? Well, she's pretty good in this. I will, I won't, like, she does all the singing and dancing herself. And in the scenes where she's not doing it, like, she's probably the person that I'm most drawn to in terms of, like, that she's the most interesting character. And, like, all of these characters are, like, a little bit messy. They're all in this world of, like, drugs and alcohol and sex and all this sort of stuff. So they're all a little bit, like, ooh, like, you know, a little edgy or whatever. She's probably the coolest of all of them. Like, I think the the Renee Zellweger character, Roxy Hart, is, like, really irritating and annoying. Yeah, I really didn't like her at all. Yeah, like, it's... So, like, she is unlikable. Her being unlikable does not mean that... I wouldn't be invested in her. I wouldn't find her. But like, she's also uninteresting. Yeah. And so then I was like, well, like you're the worst protagonist for this movie. Um, but I think because she's like that, it then allows Catherine Zeta-Jones to sort of be this like wrecking ball and come in and just sort of like smash shit up. And like, that's fun to watch. So yeah, like I, I wouldn't take it away from her. I should probably confess that I've never seen the hours Okay. And yeah, like a lot of people who have seen it are like, it's phenomenal. And I don't even remember talks of this one though. Because I think this is about the time we would have started to watch the Oscars. Yeah, it's just very not a movie that uh, like 12 and 8 year old would have been watching. Okay. <laughs> um, I probably should have rectified that in the last 20 years. Um, but yeah, like. There are people whose opinions on movies I really value and really trust. And they say The Hours is like a truly incredible movie. And so I should have watched it by now. I just haven't. And so like I know that there are a couple nominations uh, for performers from The Hours. And so like when I watch that movie, my my opinion might change on Catherine Zeta-Jones. But like from what I like from who you named out and who she was up against, I was like, yeah, that's probably fair. That's That's a fair win. That's a good win. Okay, so when I was doing my research on this, because this is my second podcast that I'm leading, I was doing research on the director, who is Rob Marshall. Yeah. Not from a film background, though, which I think kind of... He's from stage, wasn't he? He's from stage. So he got hurt while performing Cats, um, which... Everybody should just avoid the movie Cats because that was also that was just bad. Yeah, I can't redeem I that you, one. <laughs> I don't think you pay me. We like we would have to do a very very special Patreon, you know, exclusive and like that that number would have to be very high for me yeah. to watch Cats. So <laughs> I watched it and only because I got so far into it, I kept going. But like, can't I won't watch it again. Can't make myself do it. But so he got hurt performing Cats, then moved into directing and choreographing. I can see the love that he has for choreographing and stage and things like that, though, in this movie. Can you see that? Like, can you appreciate that, even though you're not a fan of the genre? This, so, no, this is this is the biggest crux oh, where, okay. where, like, <laughs> Chicago does not work for me. It, it is through him and through his direction. And so, like, like I said, like, I can watch West Side Story. I can watch Mamma Mia to an extent. Um, there are a couple of French musicals that I truly love, but the difference between them and this movie, I think anyways, is that 
when he directs the singing and the dancing, what he often does is he goes in for close-ups because they're, he's cast the movie with movie stars, right? Like every character, like Lucy Liu has a five-minute cameo in this movie. Like yeah. every character in this movie is a movie star. And so what he does is he goes in for close-ups all the time during the singing and dancing because it's either because they're movie stars and he wants to capture what they can do better than anybody else or it's because he wants to show off that they're actually doing the singing. I don't know what the, the motivation was, but the what ends up happening is I can then only see their face and I can't see everything else. And for me, that's the part of the musical, what the musicals do that like I love the most is sort of like you get overwhelmed by everything that's happening on screen and the movement of the dancers and you know how it's all intricately choreographed and whatnot. But if you go in for a close up, I can't see any of that. And so that's what takes away the magic. And that's why I was, when I was watching Chicago, I was like, Oh, like it's another close up. Oh, it's like, it's a medium shot. And then a close, like show you could me. almost kind of predict what he was about to do. Well, it was just like, show me the frame, like show me the whole thing. Like you, you guys have obviously built these incredible sets and you have all these people in costumes and stuff like that. It's like, show me all of it working together in tandem and and you know what i mean but every time that you go in and just show me a close-up of the actor's face like i just i'm i'm watching a musical to watch people sing and dance and like that's the difference between it being on a movie and it being on stage is like you can't do that on stage on stage you get to just see the whole thing and i think that's why people love musicals is like they just get to see everything and you get to sort of be overwhelmed by everything. But in the, in the movie, he just keeps going in tighter and tighter and tighter. And so all you're doing then is just restricting the power that this movie should have had for me. Anyways, like obviously it still worked for you. So like, I'm, I'm curious, like beyond your own love of musicals and things like that, like what was it about this movie that you were like, this is a five out of five. This is no notes. Because, like, do you, do you see what I'm saying? I definitely see where you... I, and I think this is where me and you have a good balance on movies sometimes. Is we definitely see... At least I see your point of view. Don't know if you always agree with my point of view. But I think sometimes maybe I get you to turn maybe a little bit. I think for me, I stopped taking notes in this movie because I just started to enjoy it. I started to enjoy the music. Part of that is I've heard these songs for years. I've never got to see the play. So now getting to see some stage performance kind of of it was really entertaining for me. You kind of get invested in the characters. You can kind of guess that maybe they won't lose their heads as they're the two main stars of the movie. But you don't necessarily know. They could have. Um, so yeah, I just... For me... He just kind of created this big world. I didn't pick up on the fact that he goes up to close-ups a lot. Yeah, I, I guess I just didn't notice that. That's, that's my burden. That's my burden <laughs> to bear is that I, I can't help but notice these things. What What about, like, do you, do you have a favorite performer? Or, like, because I, I think you agree with me that Renee Zellweger as Roxy Hart is not the best character. no. I loved Catherine Zeta-Jones. Every time she came up on the screen, if she was dancing and singing, if she was just sitting, whatever, my eyes immediately went to her. 
she was just so dynamic and part of it is yeah, the look that's a good word yeah. yeah part of it is the look that she had um her yeah, facial the, the short hair and, the short hair yeah. and her eyes and things like that the facial expressions that she did on some of her dancing and singing was incredible the one that is coming into my head right now is she's trying to convince roxy to join her in a show and she's talking about this show that her and her sister did. And she'd be like, my sister did this and do a couple moves. And, and I would do this. And then we would do this. And just the face expressions that she had were incredible. I don't know, on the likes of Roxy, I don't know if another actress could have done it better. I think she's just like not a great character. I Yeah, I just don't yeah. think they flushed out the character yeah. as well as they probably could have. Yeah. It's like there's nothing wrong with Renee Zellweger as a performer. No. And like, you know, she is, you know, very highly acclaimed and she's had a long, like she, she knows what she's doing. I just think like the Roxy Hart character as designed is sort of just like, oh, you kind of, you kind of suck. Like, yeah. Sorry. The most interesting part for me of her was once she realized Valmary was getting all of the attention because she's the star in the city and she starts to change her hair and starts to kind of dress differently and. They make up the fake sob story that yeah. she's from the South and yeah. all of that stuff. That bit of transformation I was intrigued by because it kind of, the tagline for the movie is, if you can't be famous, be infamous. Yeah. And I was just like, that's a great tagline for this movie. I didn't read it until afterwards until I was kind of doing my notes for this. And I was like, that sums up the movie perfectly because they don't care about necessarily being famous they just want their name in the paper, yeah. even if it's eight words in the obituary, like Roxy jokes with yeah. at one point. Like, so but it is just like, yeah, it is getting the name out there. No matter what the story is, they don't care. Right. Like that's the main, that's the main thing. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think the thing just to stay with Catherine Zeta-Jones for a minute or two here is like, the all that jazz number that starts the movie off, I think, A, if you wanted to make a comparison with Gladiator, like, again, just a great way to start the movie because it's sort of like a big show-stopping number, like a big, like... Holy, in your face. In your face. Like, holy fuck, okay, this is what it's going to be. I think the problem is that it's actually too good. And, like, the rest of the movie... For me, the rest of the movie doesn't live up to it. And so that's where it's sort of like, when I was done with it, I was like, oh, I still have like two hours to go. And one of the things that I realized or noticed was like that that number and her performance in it is like truly seductive. And the rest of the movie is like very sort of safe and very kind of like, even though it's about um, this time and this world and like the sex and the dancing and the alcohol and all that sort of stuff that's mixed in i just felt like oh you're actually like not probably pushing it as far as i think the stage show does um with the exception of all that jazz which i think is like truly like it's like whoa this is this is pretty hot you know what i mean but the rest of the movie is then kind of like oh this is flat like this kind of sucks and so like again i i think most of that comes back to Marshall's direction unfortunately I just don't think he's very good I don't think he's very good and I think that there are other directors like we've seen them who could probably have pulled this off better 
So. I'm interested to see he's doing this year's The Little Mermaid. Oh, Kieran's made a face. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't so know. So I'm interested to see what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because as we kind of talked at the beginning of the Gladiator episode, somebody taking Disney and doing something different. Like, I think he's going to stay in the Disney kind of genre. Yeah. Um, but like Little Mermaid for some of my friends and things like that is like a beloved, beloved oh, movie. For sure. So yeah. I'm interested to kind of see where he goes with this. I think like the the Little Mermaid thing I think will have very little to do with him because like most of those live action Disney remakes are sort of just like, okay, like you're kind of just doing it to keep copyright mm-hmm. for the next 30 years or whatever. Um, I think that like, I can't honestly remember. Is, is there much dancing in the Little Mermaid? Like she's a fish, right? <laughs> she, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess considered a fish. No, not much dancing. So like if it's the singing, then like going in for close-ups and stuff, that'll be fine because like you want to see the performer do the singing. But my, my big thing with the, with Chicago is like, because he's so restrictive with the camera, I can't see any of the dancing. And that's kind of the point. Yeah. I'm interested to see maybe they'll add dancing for it, but who knows? One of the things that I had seen online, and then when I read your review on Letterboxd, is the idea that... You read... Did you like it? I didn't actually like the... Oh, so you didn't like... Oh, okay. No, do you want me to do it right now? I liked yours. Oh, here. There you go. I I liked it for you live. (laughs) I liked it for you while we were recording. It just seems a little strange that you would... You would see the review, you read the review, you're clearly taking some point out of the review for the podcast but you wouldn't just click on the like sorry sorry i didn't know you were all strange. i didn't know you were all about the likes Kieran. it seems strange it seems strange to me i don't know so your last line is it uh, in it sorry is i can't tell if this movie is a cynical look at the entertainment business or is it genuinely does it genuinely or that yeah. that it genuinely loves glitz and glamour of the cele- celebrity crimes which is a point that people make online they can't figure out i think which yeah. I think that's that's a big deal is because the the stage play I think has had many sort of iterations over the years but I think the the most famous version or one of the most famous versions is the one from the 70s and that was kind of conceived by Bob Fosse and I think Gwen Verdon his his um sort of long-term partner and and uh, creative partner and and life partner and whatnot I just know from watching some of his movies and and things like that like he was quite a cynical person and he did not like even though he worked in the entertainment business he was like this place sucks and i'm going to show you how much it sucks and so i i just i do wonder if somebody who had maybe a stronger viewpoint than uh marshall or um maybe just even a different like marshall obviously comes from this world and so he wants to sort of be like isn't it great Right. But I think if somebody else had made this movie, they would have been like, you know, look at how corrupt this whole system is. Look at how, you know, fake and phony everything is. And while that's certainly in the movie, I think because the movie looks so glamorous and, um, you know, everyone is lit so beautifully and the stage performances are like 10 out of 10 and all this sort of shit, I think the movie is sort of like, isn't this awesome when the actual story underneath is sort of like, this isn't good. Like we shouldn't be celebrating this. 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I just found that like, because the movie was a little unsure about how it felt about these two things, then I was sort of watching it be like, should I like these people or should I like be really turned off by this whole thing? Like, how should I feel about what's going on? And yeah. Yeah, another maybe another issue. I can kind of feel the score of this movie going I, that's down. That's why I a feel bit. like the more we talk about <laughs> like, it, it's getting lower in your head. Is, oh boy! <laughs> I have I have ranked all of the best pictures, the best picture movies that I've seen, and yeah, this took a steep plummet this Did morning it? when I when I redid those. Um, I was sort of like, oh, I just I can't possibly put it above this and this and this, and it just kind of kept going down and down and down the list. And like again, I know that that is coming from my biases of like yes. just not being a fan of musicals um you know so there are going to be plenty of people who disagree with me but i can only i can only be true to myself so that's where we are and you for sure are on your love of or your dislike sorry of musicals yeah but... well like i i just the the big thing and this is this is sort of a more of like a hollywood american musical versus like some of the european musicals that i've seen over the years is the big difference i find is that like the american ones are like so concerned with like perfection and the the dancing has to be perfect and and all this sort of stuff and so what they do is they edit the shit out of the dancing so that everything is perfect and on point and in unison and all this sort of stuff right like they will they will cut three or four times during a dance move to make sure that you are registering it as perfect. Whereas some of the European ones that I've seen by like Jock Demi and stuff like that is sort of like, he just puts the camera in one place and lets the people dance through it. And like, he will not cut. And so you can see imperfections in the dancing and in the choreography. Like even I can, and I'm not trained in any of this. I can sort of be like, Oh, like they were off there. Or, you know what I mean, like, that person, you know, that leg should have been pointed better. You know what I mean? Like, whatever yeah. you want to say, you can see the imperfections. But what ends up happening then is you're, the movie is kind of being like, this is just like a genuine expression of these characters. It's not a performance. They're not, you know what I mean? They're not doing this for anybody else's benefit. They're just so happy that they have to dance or they're so sad that they have to dance whatever it is they're feeling and this is just like their genuine expression in that moment and that's kind of how you feel because it's not perfect and so you're sort of like oh like you guys didn't shoot this a hundred times to get it right you shot it however many times you could and it is what it is and you're just kind of going with it and so I think what ends up happening then is I can enjoy that more because you're sort of like, oh, this is more about how this character is feeling in this moment. Whereas something like Chicago is sort of like, okay, so you made Renee Zellweger do this 50 times so that you could make sure that like, you know, her hand was pointing in a certain direction or whatever. You mean like, it's sort of just like, I, I'm just watching and being like, you know, this is not, I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm repeating myself a little bit, but it's sort of just like, I just, I just don't enjoy that. I, I can so clearly see like the artifice of the Hollywood musical. Whereas with some of the other stuff, you're sort of like, no, this, this feels more organic. It feels more genuine. Yeah. So the, the thing that I had seen online was that society views crime and show business, both as entertainment, right? Which we've kind of just talked about. The example that they brought up was 
that um, the latest Heard, Amber Heard and Johnny oh, Depp Jesus Christ, trial. Yeah. Not to get too much into it. Yeah. But that'll be a musical sometime soon, I'm sure. The, that's what they said online. Like they're waiting for that now to be turned into a musical or a movie or whatever. But the idea that at the end of the case, whatever the result was, that people online were actually sad that it was over because now they don't have that to talk about anymore. Right. Um, and so just that like side now, the amount of true crime documentaries that are out there and things like that is just kind of getting a bit ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like... yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. So absolutely. I did. I did like in the movie that, um, you know, a spoiler warning for a 20 year old movie, but when she is found innocent and another crime immediately happens yeah. outside the courtroom, everybody just walks runs. off. Yeah. And she is like forgotten about. It. And I was sort of like, well, that's co-. like, that's cool. Cause that is how things happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like in this day and age of 24 hour news and whatnot, like our attention span is so small that we focus on this thing until we get an outcome. And then we just immediately move on and we just forget about, any ramifications with with this story well yeah so like that even happened it happens a few times in the movie right so like we start off following velma she does the double murder then roxy does her murder so then we kind of focus more on roxy now in her story and then very briefly lucy lou comes in does a triple murder yeah yeah it just kind of keeps getting up like yeah the stakes just keep getting higher and higher um and like so roxy gets her spotlight back on her she then says oh i hope my fall didn't hurt my baby yeah and when that happened i was like are you kidding me like even i was just like really but i think i think that's where like that whole cynical thing that i was talking about could have come in more where it's sort of like when that moment happens and she's like oh yeah i'm pregnant and all of the newspaper people are like, oh my God. It, it's like they're happy and elated because they can sell newspapers. And all of the other women in the prison sort of roll their eyes because they know exactly what she's doing. And I just kind of wanted that to be like investigated a little bit more. Like, you know what I mean? Like we all know what she's doing, but like she never really got any, like she never got punished for being so manipulative or you know what I mean like yeah anything like that like there was no it sort of just happened and then you move on and then something else happened and you moved on and there was no like investigation of like you know what's the fallout of all of this and so yeah I think that's maybe what I was missing from this movie at times I think after that like mini line in the story or that little arc of the story you end up just starting to feel bad for her husband yeah for Amos yeah like <laughs> Yeah, and what I, what I will say, John C. Riley, fucking love that guy. He was great. I love that guy. And I can't remember if it was around this time or if it was maybe a few years later, but he had a great moment at the Oscars. Do you remember when, I think it was Jack Black and Will Ferrell got up and sang a song about the fact that the Oscars don't reward comedies? And they were doing this whole thing yeah, about how, a little bit. how hard it is to make people laugh. And that, you know, the Oscars famously just do not reward comedies in the same way that they do dramas or, you know, yeah. even sci-fi or things like that. And the sort of punchline of the whole song that they were doing was that John C. Riley got up out of the crowd and joined them on stage. And his whole part of the song was that, like, you don't need to be only comedians. You don't only need to do 
comedic movies that you can do that and you can do something else. And so like he talks about doing stepbrothers with Will Ferrell, but then also doing gangs, New York and Chicago. Like he was in both of these movies and he's pretty incredible in both. And so, yeah, like I, I never have a bad time when he's on screen because he is always fantastic. So did you enjoy his song though? <laughs> Mr. Cellophane? Like, yes, I did because what I, from what I understand, he, um, he is, I believe a trained clown and oh. has done clowning. And so you can tell that he knows what he's doing. And like, it comes from a genuine place, a genuine love of like the art and the craft. Um, but again, like the direction of that song just like lets him down. Like he is doing things like he's, he's moving like a, uh, a tramp or a hobo and he's, you know, that's how he's dressed and he's, he's dancing on stage and whatnot, but you can only see him from, the waist up and he's clearly doing things with his hands and his feet. Cause you can see his body moving in that way, but you can't see his hands or feet in the shots. And so you're sort of like, well, he might as well just be standing there still because that's all you're capturing is you're just capturing his face. Right. Yeah. So yeah, like I'd forgotten what the name of the song was <laughs> until you just mentioned it, but like, yeah, I don't know. Like outside of, I would say outside of all that jazz and then, the last dance when Velma and Roxy dance together. Mm -hmm. And that is because you see everything. Yes. It is very pulled back and it's, it's very pulled back because it has that huge fixture behind them mm -hmm. and they want to capture that in frame as well, which means that you see everything and like as a pretty electric performance by those two women at the end of the movie. And I think that's one of the big reasons why this ultimately won was that last number, that last number, because you, that last number is so good. And you go out on such a high that the people walking out of the movie theater must have been like, well, that was great. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you I guess of, you start strong and they, they ended strong. Start strong, end strong. And like everything in the middle can be a little iffy. But if you get people walking into the theater being like happy and being like, fuck, that was, you know, what was the last 10 minutes? That was great. Like, you know, they will disregard everything before that. If you can get a good ending, they will disregard everything before that. For sure. And I'm now sitting here wondering like, did that kind of happen to me because I loved the beginning? Yes, it did. It definitely did. <laughs> yeah, I have. Let's let's lower that five star rating. Let's get it way down there. <laughs> Kira's just gonna edit the podcast. The, this is where it ends. Kate saying, "Oh yeah, you. I, I agree to, now with all your points." I have to somehow get the your password to your letterbox and just go in and change some scores around. <laughs> but like, I'm wondering if that kind of happened to me. Like, I still think it was a great movie. I still thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm wondering if I went back and watched it again, would I start to pick up on the things you've pointed out? So the close-ups and... But but even then, I think because you come from the viewpoint of you just love musicals, you love live theater, you love all this stuff. I think even if you did see the things that I'm talking about, I think you would just like happily overlook them. Because yeah. I, like, I do that all the time. Like, do you know how many movies I watch where I'm just like, actually, this probably wasn't very good but it's like a style of movie or a genre of movie that I really like. So I'm just going to look overlook all of the flaws and just only focus on the things I really, really truly enjoy. I'm going to do it all the time. So I think like, like we can trick ourselves into doing that. I'm coming from a viewpoint of like, this needs to really impress me to even get an average rating. And so if it doesn't do that, I'm going to be very critical. And like, that's just the difference, right? Yeah. Whereas I guess I'm, like you said, with Scorsese, you kind of already halfway there to I'm whatever. There. Yeah. I guess I'm already halfway there. Like, yeah. 
They yeah. do a couple good songs, couple fun dances. The music, I was singing the music in my head for the next few days afterwards. Name me, name me five songs from this movie. <laughs> so we have all that jazz. The tango, yeah, so cell block tango. The two best ones that I've already, that I've already mentioned. Sure. Cell of fame. Okay. Um, Roxy sings a song about Amos, honey, uh, honey husband or something. I can't quite remember the lyrics. Okay. Okay. Um, and then there's oh, I can only do four. I think. Oh, and then the sister one, the brother, the um, Zeta Jones one that I talked about earlier. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I guess we we did talk about probably six or seven songs already. So you didn't bring up Richard Gere. He's not a good singer. I, I, I did not. He's not a good singer. He's, he's not, a, not good a good singer. He's not a good singer. I like like he's, our previous episode with Commodus. He kind of he comes on, and I think you're supposed to kind of like him because. He's going to help these girls out and get them out of jail. But like, well, I, he's I like, just he's didn't like, kind of warm to him. Well, he's supposed to be like a little swarmy. Like he, yeah. com- he comes on the screen and his song is about all he wants is love. That's all he cares about. And they intercut that with him meeting the women in the prison and him being basically like, you got $5,000? Like you got $5,000, I'll, I'll represent Yeah, and like court. his fancy car and yeah. getting his suit. And, and so like, it's supposed to be ironic. It's supposed to juxtapose, like he's saying one thing, but really he he's doing something else. And like, he is a lawyer. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're supposed to fill in the blanks there a little bit. Um, and so like, I think from, from a point of like the song being like, oh, that's, you know, that's funny. And like, that's, it probably works. He's just not good. Yeah. And so that's, then the problem with that song is that like Richard Gere isn't good. And so therefore the song doesn't fully work. Kind of work. And even his razzle, oh, there's the razzle dazzle song. The razzle dazzle song is brutal. And then like the tap dancing sequence when he's doing his thing in the courtroom, it's like, okay, we get it. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, (laughs) I, I, I I did not. Are we running out of enough bad things for you to say about this movie? Well, like I, I think, the real problem is, or one of the problems, or however many I've already stated, is if there had been less songs, I may have enjoyed the movie more because we could have actually just like stayed with the characters and the the story that they were telling about these like celebrity female criminals. Um, but because the songs are like unrelenting, like they are, there are so many songs in this fucking movie. Like I, you just. I couldn't like catch my breath. Like I couldn't, I couldn't sit back and be like, okay, I've got like five or 10 minutes here where, you know, I could just watch a movie, you know, <laughs> instead of whatever they were doing. And sort of like, ah, oh, I like, uh, just, yeah, did not work. Did not work for me. But I think for the purposes of this podcast, a good conversation and like definitely necessary post gladiator. The last thing I want to, talk about and it's somewhat unrelated to chicago the movie oh okay but this is streaming on amazon prime and are you aware of this chicago tv empire that is out there and like apparently dominating everything like chicago like pd chicago fire i fucking searched chicago okay i found out that it was on amazon prime I searched, I went to Amazon Prime, no free ads. I searched Chicago and the first like 20 results were Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, oh, yes. Chicago Medical, 
Chicago PD Jr., <laughs> Chicago Medical School, Chicago, like, lawyer's office, Chicago Elementary School, Chicago Mayor's Office. It was like, holy fuck, like, what are we doing here? Are we just literally making shows about a cop and then being like, well, it's got to be Chicago, I guess. Are they all related? Do they all inter... I they, think like, They have characters that flow between them? Yes. Like, what is going on here? So, I don't quite remember who their like home network is it's not amazon they like they are actually a tv show on tv still Um, they i think kind of copied abc's Grey's anatomy so Grey's anatomy has their show and then they had what else do they have they had um private practice so one of the characters went down to la did a mini series there then they had they currently have right now Station 19. So the firefighters in Seattle often get hurt and end up at Seattle Grace Hospital. And it's like the- MCU for <laughs> <Yes>. television? <laughs> so I don't watch TV. I didn't know any of this existed. When I searched Chicago, I was like, how many movies have been called Chicago? It was right at the bottom. <laughs> this is a Best Picture winner. And it was at the bottom of It was at the bottom screen. of these TV shows that I'd never heard of. Yeah, so I think... There, whoever came up with the Chicago show has kind of copied Shondaland, as it's called. Um, Sounds like the worst theme park in the world. Shondaland? What is Shondaland? So Shondaland is Shonda Rhimes, oh, the okay. creator of oh, Grey's okay. and yeah, 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 yeah. things. Okay. So, I, I do know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's, she's Thursday night, Thursday night yeah. on ABC is Shondaland. And oh you tend to get God. two or three of her shows. Well, like, good for her. Like, she's making an absolute killing, I'm sure. But, like, yeah, these Chicago things took... I was like, what is <laughs> Was all not this? expecting it. What is all this stuff? Because I literally never heard of them. And they all had, like, six seasons. So I was like, what the fuck? There's, like, eight shows, six seasons of content that I'd literally just never heard of. And then Chicago right at the bottom you gotta take a break from your tv or from your movies and start watching tv shows no i don't think i'm watching (laughs) chicago fire i don't think that's gonna happen the last thing i do want to say about the movie chicago the movie chicago and the oscars of this year so maybe a little disparaging to chicago i didn't remember until i looked it up this is the year so chicago the musical did not win best original song no it did not because who won who won Eight Mile. Eight Mile. Eminem's Lose Yourself. I knew that he did win. I just could not remember that it was this year. I So I was looking up and I was like, do I bring this up? How do I bring it up? Like We should have started with this. <laughs> you would have enjoyed this. We should have, we should you would have, have enjoyed this episode a lot more with this. Yeah. Can I redo the plot description? Just start with, well, Chicago lost the best original song to Eminem's Eight Mile. You know, the Academy... With all of its old white men, apparently big hip-hop heads. This was also the year that Spirited Away won Best Animated oh, is that, Feature Film. Oh, we, need, we need to start switching up these years a little bit. Like, we have a whole decade to choose from. And I have, felt, kind of like, I have felt like we've been stuck in these, like, you know, two or three years here. But, um, yeah. But, yeah, so, because I remember, so, little tangent. I do remember watching 8 Mile. Um, so, oh, is, are we going to bring 8 Mile onto the podcast? We might have to. You might have to. Would you rap Lose Yourself? Would you do the whole thing? I wouldn't. I We could probably get Chris to do it. Chris can. Chris can. Well, there's maybe a little tease for a future episode right there. Future guest star. Yeah. <laughs> Any other final things about Chicago the movie and actually about the movie, not about 
the music that it lost to or TV shows. What I would say is that even though Chicago, the movie, did not work for me, I certainly do not begrudge anyone that it did work for. I can only talk to the things that, like, now that I am starting to enjoy musicals, I am starting to find musicals that I am enjoying. It is because of a certain criteria that they are doing that Chicago, for me, just does not do. And so, yeah, I would say, like, I'm slowly learning how to enjoy a musical. There was a long time where it was just, like, it was a no-go. I wouldn't even put them on. Yeah. Let alone, you know what I mean? Like, sit and and try to enjoy them. They just wouldn't have gone on the TV in the first place. And so, I I think Chicago just had the, like, unfortunate whatever of coming after you know i've watched probably five or six or seven musicals in the last year or two that i've been like that was really great and then i watched chicago and i was like oh it did nothing that these other movies did so you know it's gonna feel the wrath a little bit what about you anything any last any last words or thoughts um i'm just sitting here thinking now that we've done a musical for me the horror movie is probably not far behind (laughs) so I know what horror movie we're going to do, but it, it, it won't be for a little while. Oh, okay. It won't be for a little while, but I know which one we're going to do. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I decided the other night, I was like, oh, that'd be, that's a good one. That's a good Because it's like pretty scary, but there's there's enough moments and scenes where it's like, you know, you can relax a little bit. And so, yeah, without getting too far ahead here, you're pretty lucky. The 2000s was a pretty bleak time for horror movies. Oh, there was a God. lot of like remakes and redos and sequels that were all pretty shit so you know there's not necessarily a ton of great stuff to pull from but yeah this one this one is uh it, it's on the list for sure it's coming soon enough but but not for the next little while not for okay next. do you want to so, do you want to tease the next one at all or? well yeah so i was just about to say this is the end of our little mini mm-hmm. two episodes yeah. on oscar winners because our next episode will be coming out on monday Oh, yeah. Which will be Kieran's rant on the Oscar winners. Fair juice to everybody. Kieran's going to be watching this at, I think we figured out, like 3 a.m. or I something. I think it's like 3 a.m. in the morning. Um, we have also learned that day, we'll, there's a huge rugby game on that day as well. On the Sunday or the Monday? On the Sunday. Oh, but I'll be, I won't be there on, by that stage. Oh, okay. So yeah, you'll yeah. miss the rugby game. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, yeah, I'll just be somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. But so they're like, Kieran will be... Tired be, it's and be a full day. It's gonna be a full day. <laughs> and you'll have only Kieran unless he can rope in Somebody another yeah. guest host, because I will not be partaking in this bonus episode coming out on Monday. But after that, we're back to our regular scheduled yep. ones. And we've got a nice heist movie next. Yes, which cannot wait. I think we're both excited yeah, for. So yeah. I I know we both love this movie. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I'm excited to see how we rate because we're only going to talk about the first one, but there are a few. In there, the... are, there are, yeah, there is definitely a few, but we're only going to do the first, first one. one. Yeah. We might loop back. Okay. Eventually. I think we probably will. Pro- yeah. So, but that's it for us. So thanks for listening. And we'll see everybody next week. See you then. Bye.